Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another brilliant episode of Just Browsing. Matthew here along with Zach. And uh, today we're going to give a rundown of week seven of the Rogue One Fantasy Football League, as well as the NFL season. And then uh, probably give like a little brief uh, update slash intro into what's going to come Thursday. Uh, So you you can look forward to that. So, uh, you know, I'm just going to jump right into it. Um, It's unofficial because... We don't really know, but the first trade we're gonna we're gonna put this in air quotes. The first trade ever in the Rogue One Fantasy Football League took place this past week between myself and Taya, the two least likely people in the world to get along and come together on a trade. Finalized a four-player swap. So in the trade, I received Aaron Rodgers and McCole Hardman, and I sent off Ronald Jones Jr. and DJ, DJ Chart Jr. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so a two for two swap. I need a quarterback help again. Taya had four, arguably four the top yeah. four highest scoring quarterbacks in the league. Um, my running back situation before Chris Carson got hurt this week was pretty solid with him and uh, Derrick Henry. So uh, yeah, I showed up my quarterback spot with Aaron Rodgers, and she got a couple you know players that have a lot of big play potential and, and big point potential. So. Uh, I think we're both pretty happy with the trade. I think I definitely won this week in, as far as uh, points go in the trade, but yeah. you can't really the, – the long haul is what this trade was more for. Yeah, I, I think she was a little bummed at how her team did. I mean, the past couple weeks her team was just really underperformed, and she was a little bit bummed that those guys that she got from you in the trade didn't help her out more. But I was like – I just told her, I was like, you need to – like you said, kind of focus on bigger picture for the rest of the season because her team, she's had some injuries and she's had some guys that have just straight up underperformed all year at her, what I would consider flex positions. So like her running backs and her receivers right. and stuff. And she really needed some help there. And, you know, as we've covered a whole bunch on this podcast, she's fine at quarterback. She had four quarterbacks who score a shit ton of points. So it's not like, you know, in any given week she was having to basically choose – do I bench Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? Right. So Or Patrick Mahomes. Or Patrick Mahomes. So clearly one of the three of those quarterbacks she could have gotten rid of. And that's why I kept telling her from the beginning of the year, too, just, just hang on to him until more injuries and bye weeks happen and stuff like that. And other teams around the league realize, okay, I have a need here. You know, I need a quarterback Tyus needs running backs or whatever. Right. Let's see if we can set something up because it's going to be trade bait later in the year. And then sure enough, here we go. You well, know, what are we, seven weeks in? And, and she finally dealt one of them. So. And for my team now, you know, I mean, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Chris Carson, Manuel Sanders, and Tim Patrick are will all either miss this week or are questionable to miss mm-hmm. this week. So me giving up two players that were healthy – has now backfired in short term because the rest of my team is on bye week and a lot of them I don't want to get rid of. So now I'm in that predicament yeah, of that, that I might not sucks. you know roster a full roster this week because you're just not willing to let I'm not go willing guys, to let yeah. go of a guy that's you know week to week when I need to look forward to the playoffs and not you know week 8. Yeah. So, you know, it, it backfired on me in terms of moving forward this week just because I don't have those two extra depth players. Right. But this past I mean, week, this you, past week, Aaron Rodgers dropped 40 run. points yeah. for me. And, uh, and then you, you got, know, and they all went to Devontae Adams. Which I was going to say, so. I was going to say, it was Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams all day. Didn't they have three touchdowns between, like, three connections for touchdowns or something two like that? Two touchdowns. Or two. Okay. And Devontae Adams, I think he would have. I think he got tackled short on one. I'm not 100%. Oh, okay. I can't remember, but he had like... So he's real close to having even He more. had like 13 catches for... Let me pull it up because it was like ridiculous stats. Yeah, you definitely I mean, hit we'll, a home We'll go over it again, but... This week. I mean, Devontae Adams had 13 catches, 196 yards, and two TDs. Yeah. So he had 13 catches out of Aaron Rodgers, if technology would ever work, 23 completions. So only wow. 10 completions went, went to, to other, other players. Yeah. So, and Aaron Rodgers had 283 yards and four TDs, which, right. you know. And he had 40 fantasy points, and last week he had negative one. Right. And so, so you really, you lucked so out getting him on the I, week that he I bought boom. him when yeah. his stock was low for one week. Yeah. But if you click on him, and, you know, the whole reason I, I wanted Aaron Rodgers was because if you click on his fantasy stats, 
the dude, besides one week, has, I believe, oh, been, been 30 counting. points plus every week. It's the lowest amount of points he scored any week was 23. Right. But he had 48, 23, 30, 42, and then he had that weird negative one game, and then he had 40 last week. So, yeah, like you were saying, just pretty much killing it every week. Right. And so, I mean, in my opinion, I gave up Ronald Jones and DJ Chark, and DJ Chark had like 15 targets. So it's not like he doesn't get, you know, looked at. He's the number one receiver for Gardner Minshew. But it's like, it's well, one of those like Aaron Rodgers is going to consistently. Well, and what I was going to, what I was going to, what I was telling Taya too was <laughs> so here's DJ Chark's fantasy scoring throughout this year. With the exception of two games, he's been double digits every time. So he went 12, 12, 29, 4, 11, and then this last week, 3. So I mean, for the most part, the guy's scoring double-digit points, and she needs help at running back and receiver, right. someone who can score some points. And then who was the other guy? It was Ronald Jones the Ronald second, Jones. right? So his was... And he's popped off back-to-back 100-yard He's games. gone 9, 11, 10, 24, 19, 31, and then this last week he got 11. So, I mean, that's some pretty consistent scoring right there and double right. digits most weeks. So when we were looking at it, I was like, I think you're going to benefit from this trade, especially considering, like we already covered, it's an asset that she wasn't even really utilizing most weeks. So might as well just get rid of it and get something else in return and then right. move it was, on. It was more hurting all of us by not having those points yeah. than it was helping her. Yeah, it was like hoarding resources you know, for no reason. Basically. Right. So now and it benefits you. It benefits her because she got some more in return. Right. Hopefully those guys play a little bit better in the coming weeks. And now, especially that she's got... You know, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be out for the year. Who knows when Nick Chubb's right. going to be back? So that helps her. Yeah. You know, so she and, needs guys to. to and score that was part points, of my thinking so. when looking at this was I had the capital to spare before all the injuries, and I'm like, you know, what? I could, I can spare them, and it'll help her out. I think it's a fair trade. She's not asking for Derrick Henry or Chris Carson. You know, I wasn't going to part with any of my top five players. And, you know, when she, when she came back with that and I was like, yeah, you know, that's fine. And the, the whole McCole Hardman was just – I needed to bring in that second player. kind of like sweeten the deal a little bit. Right. And, and I dropped him as soon as I got him. Yeah. And picked up uh, – I think it was Keelan Cole Sr. or whatever. So, you know, I don't think there was a winner and a loser. A week one winner and loser maybe I won. But uh, in I think terms it, of how the trade's going to play yeah, out, think, you've got to give it at least – four to five yeah. weeks and i think long term you both yeah i think your teams are both improved by that trade right. happening so no one got hurt kind of this week it's not like you put them in right. and all of a sudden they tear their yeah. acl which and the other suck. guy tears his acl and it's like well i got yeah. aaron Rodgers for free so thanks <laughs> so you ended up winning by 20 over a darian's team that was yep. 265 to 245 so three you're in now, a row baby oh so three in a row okay so you're four and three a darian drops to one and six so a real Fall from grace for our former last year's champion. Well, and I think this was the highest points he's. I'm, I'm not 100. percent You know, I can't keep track of eight people's scores through seven weeks, but I think this is the highest he scored this year. You might be right. You might be right. We and can check that. I was looking at that, and I have Tom Brady in another league, and he was going off for me. And then I'm like, oh shit, I'm Brady playing had against a really him. Good week. I played AJ Brown in my uh, FanDuel league. You know, this podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel, get on it. Uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I look and I'm like, oh, shit, he has A.J. Brown. And I'm just sitting there going, all these players I played, I didn't realize I was playing against. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. you know, they went off. But just think if his if his second quarterback, Cam Newton, did anything other than negative three. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk. About, I want to hit on him, you know, when we're done with fancy. But but yeah, I'm back in the win column again. Uh, three in a row, I believe. Moved me to four and three, and a Darian to one and six, two sixty five, two forty five. Um, I'm gonna jump over your game okay. and just go to uh, the family matchup. Uh, father oh, yeah. son. Uh, Brandon beat his dad two forty seven, two hundred. Um, no one on that. No one on the top six scores really stand out to me. They all are pretty, you know. I expect him to have those kind of weeks. Um, and then the other Zach beat Taya two forty nine to one ninety three to move them both to three and four. Oh, sorry, Brandon moves to six and one, and Dean moves to three and four. Yep. Um, and then the other Zach beat Taya two forty nine to one ninety three. Um, the biggest takeaway in that would be that uh, Justin Herbert dropped fifty seven, and <laughs> yeah. the Kansas City defense dropped thirty six against the Broncos. Other than that, I mean, Ty had 42 out of Russell Wilson, and then 
I mean, her second highest scoring person was her defense at 20, which was the Rams. So mm-hmm. it just goes to show, you know, she truly had a down week at the position. Yeah. Um, you know, her position well, and players. Only, and only 12 out of Mahomes in, in a very non-standard game for the Chiefs here in a snowy at Denver game. You know, it's not not, well, the, not a similar offensive attack than and, they're used to And having, if you look so. at it, I mean, the Broncos' defense did what they needed to. They forced field goals in the red zone, which the Chiefs, the Chiefs didn't convert on third down the whole game. They, I think they were 0 for 9 on third down. So the Broncos' defense played great against the Chiefs' offense. Just special teams and yeah. offense killed the Broncos. Right. So, so if you're if if you're Taya, you know if Mahomes goes for 35 or 40, which he's normally capable of doing, then that score looks a lot more respectable. But he goes for just a pretty measly 12. She had a couple players just only score one point. James White and OBJ got hurt, so obviously, right. like that, that's kind of sucks because he got hurt. And I think the first quarter too. So well, and Gronkowski's. I mean, he's finally he didn't do anything the whole Gronk finally had first a good game. quarter yeah. of the season. You know, he's finally starting to get involved yeah. in the offense, which is even scarier. And I think we'll touch on it. You know, as soon as we're done with the fantasy, but they just added um, Antonio Brown, so they'll have Antonio yeah. Brown, Gronkowski, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones Jr. I mean. Name an off Cameron Bray, you know, name name an offense with more weapons in the NFL right now. He's Brady's definitely got a lot of weapons, so we'll see if Antonio Brown can stay on the team for longer yeah. than a couple of weeks. Guess that that remains to be seen. But um, moving on to my matchup against the other Brandon, um, that was two forty three two ten in favor of my team. I improved to six and one. Brandon falls to two and five in the West. Um, yeah, I was happy with my team's performance this year. The obviously the big standout, Tyler Lockett on Sunday Night Football goes for sixty-seven fantasy points. That was huge because honestly, our matchup was relatively like throughout all day Sunday and going into Sunday night, we were kind of matching point for point for the most part. Right. It was well, a relatively close matchup. Without Tyler Lockett's performance, I mean, I think Tyler Lockett probably had a probably a forty-point plus performance so i still think you win but i think it's like it's like a, a five to ten point yeah. range that you would win in and, so i mean he just it was it was absolutely nuts i i did not watch that game but so i checked fantasy scores after the game was over and i was like oh my god he went for 67 so he has 15 catches <sighs> for 200 yards three touchdowns in that game and yeah, just completely basically won the fantasy week for me, him alone. Because DK Metcalf didn't really do anything. He only had four fantasy points. Well, so so think about that. Fifteen catches for two hundred yards and three touchdowns. Just that stat line. You have fifteen points for the catches, twenty points for the yards, eighteen points for the touchdowns. Yeah. That's what, fifty three points? Sure. Right. I wasn't really paying 15, attention. 20, 35, plus eighteen, yeah. Fifty three. So fourteen points came from a 10.200 plus yard bonus and yep. a five. So he must have lost points somewhere because he should have had more than. Is that the most amount of points one player has scored so far this year? Or this year in our fantasy league, 67? Yeah, because Derrick Henry had it. Someone, a couple of people have gone for 60, for I think. 60. But I haven't seen any scores higher than 67. That's a no. lot of fantasy points. I so I almost think you didn't get extra points. Points, unless he fumbled, he might have fumbled in the game, which is why you lost Maybe. points. Because we can look into it. But anyway, I'll that was your scoring. That was, um, yeah, really helped me out. Obviously, I ended up winning by like thirty three points. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm happy with the way my team's rolling in this league. Um, in my work league, I'm not doing quite as well. So I'm kind of banking on fantasy for this year being my year in this league. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> But so Brandon and I are the only two teams at six and one. We we're, we're tied for the best record um, in the league. So, well, we got we'll two six and ones, one four and three, which is me, and then three three and fours, which yeah. is the other Zach, Dean, and Taya. A mm-hmm. two and five, which is the other Brandon, and then a Darian at one and six. Yep. You know what's pretty crazy though is I'm on a three game win streak, and it just goes to show. When I have players healthy, Julio Jones has been playing well. Devontae Adams has come in and helped me. Michael Thomas still hasn't made an appearance this season. Yep. So, and I have Aaron Rodgers now. You know, my team is slowly starting to shift. As long as they can get healthy and stay healthy, they're slowly starting to shift into that team that I drafted. And I'm like, oh, yeah. man, this is going to be yeah. a high If you high can get your guys back team. and healthy, yeah. So, 
Want to hear something funny again? Now that we're looking at the, I'm looking at the season stats. So like the standings that show points for, points against, your record, your streak, and all that kind of stuff, and then the moves. So, <laughs> so I'm still ranked as the number one team in the league at six and one. I have the most points for and the least points against. I've made four moves. <laughs> Brandon is the number two team in the league. He's also six and one. He's made 13 moves, and then you are the third-ranked team in the league. You've made 23 moves. And I don't think that counts as the <clears throat> trade either. So technically you can say I made 25 by yeah. adding so those two players and dropping It's kind of funny. The number one team in the league, which is my team, and the, and the last-ranked team, the eighth team in the league, is a Darian. We've both made the same amount of moves, which is four. <laughs> and those are the least amount of moves in the entire league. And Brandon Stevens is the most at 28. He's even, he's even made more moves than you. I'm always um, active on the waiver wire. It's, yeah. it's a it's a common thing in, in the Rogue One Fantasy League that usually by the end of the season, I usually either have a five to double digit lead in the waiver wire acquisitions. Yeah. I'm usually always picking and people you know up what? and dropping people. I think the a lot of the reason why it becomes like a self fulfilling prophecy too because I will submit. I only I'm only hitting the waivers unless I look at my team and I'm like, oh, I really need to get out there and make some moves this week because. Too many guys are on by. I have no one to replace them on my bench. Right. Whatever. There's like some real need for me to go out there looking. So I'll only go out and submit one, maybe two waiver claims every two, three weeks. And it's because I really need someone. And when I do that, I never fucking get who I want to get because of A, I'm the number, number one ranked one, team yep. in the league, so I'm last in the waiver wires. And B, you and Brandon and all these other teams are out there submitting all these fucking waiver claims. So I go out there and check on Wednesday morning or whatever it is that all that stuff clears. I'm like, I didn't get any of the guys that I wanted to get. Well, I mean, so then I stopped submitting waiver claims and then you keep submitting waiver claims. And then that's how we end up with you at 23 and me at four. Well, I mean, and and me and you talked about this years ago when we're at the gym one night, we're talking and I'm like, you trying to pick anyone up and you're like, I'm not going to tell you. And I'm like, (laughs) dude, you have the number one pick on the waiver wire. If you're trying to pick anyone up, you're going to get him and it's guaranteed. Yeah. And you're like, I'm not trying to, and I'm like, are you getting LeGarrette Blount? And you go, yes. And I'm like, all right. So I pull my phone out and <laughs> I like, change well, who I'm guess trying I to pick up. Guess I got to switch it. I knew I wasn't going to get him. Yep. And so now that I've moved from, you know, I mean, again, I've won three in a row. I was at one and three. So I was, I won my first week and then I lost three in a row. So I went from, you know, the pinnacle of, all right, I'm one and oh, feeling good. to my whole team got hurt to where I'm like, shit, I have to feel like, three to four spots without dropping people. So that's when I started like doing that. I'm going to yeah. add this guy just for this week, yeah. drop him. And so I'm in like that back and forth. So you're that's why like, I've added so many people. To make like an investing analogy, you're kind of like the day trader and I'm like the buy and hold guy. <laughs> I, I well, trade once every quarter and you trade every day. Which right? is funny because <laughs> I'll buy and hold my high stock, like yeah, yeah, my yeah. valuable stock and then my stock that I'm like, Maybe they'll go for ten this week. I'm gonna yeah, give, yeah. Them, give, them, give them the college yeah, try. Yeah. I'm like, we're gonna just let's just go for it. We're just gonna trade yeah, this yeah. and get this guy, and then I'm like, ah, and then they go for three, and I'm like, all right, we're gonna drop all him. Right, and well, we're gonna try this off. guy, yeah. <laughs> and then the next week they're like, go for forty, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna pick him up again, and we're gonna try this, and then so that's I mean yeah. that's my thinking. There's it's exhausting, man. I I can't I the only like like I said the way I attack the waivers is I pretty much just set my lineup each week using who I have on my bench and who's in my starting lineup, shuffle things around depending on who's on by, who's hurt. And then if I can't get the lineup that I need in my starting lineup doing that, then I go to the waivers. I'm not out there on the waivers just to looking for value ads. You know what right. I mean? Just going, oh, hey, there's this random running back that no one really has in their roster who looks like the last couple of weeks he's done really well and maybe that that team's first string running back is going to be out the next couple of weeks he's going to be a really good value add i don't do that necessarily i do that when i have to go looking for that guy but i'm not out there just doing it when everything looks great on my team you know what i mean like right. for the most part and we were talking about this two three weeks ago when the season because you know i've only lost one game so far this year yeah I've rub it in rub it in rub it three in. in a row i think i beat you no we both won week one yeah, I so I beat you week one, but we were the two highest scoring teams week one. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah, but um, I, I I told you a couple weeks ago. I was like, I'm just gonna let this ride. Like my my yeah, m- the way I'm looking at it is like, unless things start going bad and I start losing games and some of my guys just stop scoring points, I'm just gonna leave everything how it is and just kind of be hands off with it. You know what I mean? I don't want to overthink it and overmanage it and 
overmanaged my way into losing games that maybe I should have just like left everything right. the way it was. You know well, I mean? I mean, like a prime example, this week, so after, I guess after this week, my lineup set, and Julio Jones is questionable again. Tim Patrick of the Broncos is questionable. Michael Thomas is questionable again. Chris Carson is questionable, but they've pretty much already ruled him out. And Emmanuel Sanders still has an out designation, but I'm pretty sure he's questionable because I think he was on the COVID reserve list. So I have five potential people that might not play. And then on my bench, I have six people that are on a bye and two that, I mean, one's Matthew Stafford, which I'm not going to play him over Teddy Bridgewater or Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. And the other one is Marquez Valdez-Scantling for the the Packers. And I don't really want to play him. The dude hasn't done anything. So it's one of those, like, the guys on my bench, I'm not really, I'm not going to drop Kyler Murray for anyone. Don't want to drop LaVisca Chenault. I'm not going to drop Chase Edmonds. Logan Thomas has been a great pickup at tight end for me. And then Keelan Cole, I might drop him, you know, because I just picked him up. But I don't have five people to replace the five injured with. Right, so, right. you know, I might be able to replace three of them and then just be like, hey, if they play, they play. If they don't, yeah. I got to take this one on the chin. Yeah, at a, at a certain point, some of these injury designations are really – like I, I think Taya had one this past weekend that was – the most unambiguous, or is it ambiguous or unambiguous is the word I'm going for. Anyway, it was very like non-committal, is what I'm trying right, to say. Right? They're like, well, they're they were, game time decision. They practice yeah, fully, but yeah, another game yeah, time it'll decision. be like he practiced all week, looked great. Friday, he was held out of practice because of a tweak of some such and such. He's going to be a game time decision. He says he wants to play, but the medical staff says he probably shouldn't. And you're like, uh. So is he going to play or not? <laughs> like you read that and you go, I can't afford to wait until, you know, 60 right. minutes prior to game time to try and make this move, dude. Like, I gotta, is he playing or not? I got to go out on the waivers and, and find then they go, someone, yeah. well, you see. And you're like, I don't see because I need to find like, somebody. You and can't like, put me in this position, man. They're like at 10, 15, and I'm like, yeah, he's not going to play today. And you're like. I, that's the worst when you wake up Sunday morning and it's, I don't know, hour and a half before game start and you get some alert going, your guy who's starting is not going to play. And you're like, no. And you look, you I do that and I'm in like, there and you're like, well, I, I got to figure this out, man. I got to figure this and out. And then you look so. and you're like, what? there's I'm going to get yeah, zero like, points from whoever there's I'm nothing placing. Yeah, I, I've had to pick guys up like at a bar before the night before. You know, like you get that injury update where your starter's not going to play and you're like, well, Guess I'm going on the waiver wire in between shots here. <laughs> trying to Your find phone's like, neat, 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 neat. and you're like, uh, what is it? And they're like, well, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, Teddy Bridgewater, Kyler Murray, and Matthew Stafford are all out. And I'm like, I'll take the loss. Just, just lock your phone again. Just put it back in your pocket. Like, well, I'm going to lose this week. And like, who was that? It's like, yeah, don't worry about it. I lost fantasy. It was the fantasy gods telling me I was going to lose this week. So, um, But anyway, that was the wrap-up for... This past week, what was that, week seven week in seven. fantasy? So do you want to move ahead to the NFL scores real quick? Yeah, or, let's yeah. give a quick rundown. Okay. Again, I don't think anything really stands out too much here. Um, Eagles-Giants, dumpster fire division, 22-21 on Thursday night. Good for the Eagles for getting a win. <laughs> yeah, 2-4-1. and one. Nice, you're leading the division by a game, which is pretty sad that you have two wins and you're leading your division through seven games. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we all know the infamous Daniel Jones – Run to the ground. Yes, that was pretty great. We were talking about that before the podcast. So, apparently, he had the fastest speed in the NFL. Like, he's one of the fastest players in the NFL, apparently, when he's not I, on the field. That's what I heard, yeah. And he's just too fast for himself. You can see, he like, was like when, <laughs> they, when they put the camera on his face, he's, like, running fine all of a sudden. He's, like, knows he's going too fast. He's, like, <gasps> his facial expressions change, and all of a sudden he's on the ground. And I'm like, it's, no. It's such a weird thing. I, I feel like people who never played football or never played sports see that, and they're like, I don't get how that happens. And it's impossible to describe that to someone unless you've had it happen to you because i'm sure you've done that thing where oh, you've yeah. been running sprinting full and speed sudden, and you just kind of get ahead of yourself around. and then you just stumble and fall for literally no reason it's happened to most people who have played sports for any significant well, period of time I mean, and it's just this weird phenomenon where you're it's almost like when you're talking and you start stuttering over your words because your mind wants to move faster than right. your mouth can say the words that's kind of how it is where you're, you're like almost trying to outrun how fast your legs are actually moving and you just kind of start stumbling and then it becomes, you can't correct it and right. you just fall. <laughs> well, I think one thing too, there was no one really close to him. I mean, he was pretty much in yeah. the frame by himself. Right. And I think he kind of, I think he might've seen himself on like the Jumbotron and realized that. And then he gets in his head like, why am I going yeah. so like, a lot well, of people slow down because they, they don't want that to happen. Yeah. I mean, he wanted the touchdown and he would have been fine. He just keeps his stride going. Yeah. 
But yeah, I think, you know, it's that thought of like, oh, someone's chasing me. I have to keep going. Right, when right. Realistically, he could have slowed down and he would have scored the touchdown still. Yeah. And I mean. It's almost kind of like a shooter in basketball accidentally getting a really wide open shot and then kind of just breaking it because he wasn't yeah. expecting to be so wide open because he was not expecting himself to be, like you said, just in the middle of nothing but green field, green turf right, there was in front of him for everywhere. Him. No one around him. Like I, he, I'm sure he was not expecting to have the ball and be running that long. And, and after a while, he's like, uh, this doesn't feel right. And he's looking around right, and then and he, he kind of freaks out and it just falls over. So yeah, it was that made for a pretty hilarious highlight and a bunch of great memes. So... But, but yeah, so that, the Eagles take the division lead. Well, yeah, they take the division lead because they have the tie over the Cowboys. Yeah, just um, a real dumpster fire of a division. At 2-4-1. and one. So, yeah, that's uh, the Thursday night game. Moving on to Sunday, we have the Chiefs-Broncos. Um, you know, Chiefs beat the Broncos 43-16. The game was a lot closer than the score shows. Um you know, the Broncos lost Phillip Lindsay, who with nine carries and 79 yards, you can really tell the offense flows through him. So what's the word with him? He was a concussion. Oh, concussion. So and technically it's a hit that would have been illegal, so it should have been a 15-yard penalty. Um, so is he out like a week or two? We don't know. Just until he clears the concussion. Clears, he could be yeah. back this week, okay. but I think he has to wait till Wednesday at the earliest to okay. redo the protocol, whatever. Um, Hopefully he's back, man, because since he's been back from that turf toe injury, the offense has looked a lot better well, with him. And fuck Melvin there, so. Gordon. Fuck yeah. Melvin Gordon. He yeah. fumbles. He's just a piece of shit. Did fuck he have him. two fumbles in that game? He had two fumbles. That's what I thought. Oh, two God. fumbles from Melvin Gordon, two picks from Drew Locke. Two picks, yeah. And then the def- or So Drew Locke gave up a pick six. Yep. Uh, the kick return gave up a 101-yard kick return for mm-hmm. a touchdown. And then the turnovers, obviously, I think the Chiefs scored 17 points off turnovers. So, God. you know. Can't it, do that. It was man. a lot closer game than the score shows in terms of how the team played besides the offense. The defense played phenomenal. Patrick Mahomes was held to, I think, 200 yards, and I think he had yeah, one touchdown. I mean, like we said, what, 12 fantasy right. points? Like That's nothing. The him. Broncos held him into the red zone, you know. I mean, you know, there was a touchdown at the end of the game, Chad Haney, which it was a rushing touchdown, but they were going to kick another field goal. Shelby Harris got called for a unsportsmanlike conduct by talking to the ref, which would have kept it fourth down. They get a first and goal, and you know they score a touchdown. So you could again take four points off the board for that. But you know, so the score was a lot closer. But the Broncos' offense needs to figure this shit out. Drew Locke needs to figure stuff out. He can't keep throwing interceptions, and he's got to take what's there and and not try and force the ball downfield. I mean, a three-yard pass, you know, with an eight-yard, you know, yards after the catch is just as good as a twenty-yard pass, you know, with zero yards after catch. So. What's crazy too is, as a team, we actually had four fumbles, but we lost two of them. So we got two of them back. KJ Hamler had two fumbles. It looks like so, and a lot of one this of, probably one of his goes was into, on the um, punt. Um, I oh, believe really? it hit him, and, and one of our the um, coverage guys fell on it. Mm. So, so I mean, a lot of this obviously goes to if anyone watched that game here in Denver this weekend. It was a real snowy, cold weekend. So. Not, you know, anytime those are the game, um, the game weather offense really suffers because it's right. just harder to hold on to the ball, harder to pass the ball, all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, four fumbles, two interceptions, you know, two of those fumbles we lost. You just can't win games like that. I mean, especially against well, the Chiefs. Going into that game, you know as a Broncos <sighs> fan, the Broncos have to play pretty much perfect. They have yeah. to play the best game they've played all year to beat the Chiefs, and that was just not which, what happened. Which is <laughs> it's crazy because – like I said, the defense played – in my opinion, if you hold the Chiefs to zero third-down conversions, and I think they were like one of five in the red zone. So it, Mahomes was only 15 of 23 for 200 yards and one touchdown. Right. He got sacked three times and had a QBR of 53.3. So, I mean, in terms of playing defense against Patrick Mahomes, and, it's about as good as you're going to get. And on 22 carries, they gained 101 yards as an right. offense. So they had 286 total yards – and three touchdowns again. The Chad Haney touchdown, in my opinion, I'm kind of washing that out because it didn't matter. Um, so to the the Chiefs' offense, we gave up two touchdowns. The defense, in my opinion, if you hold the Chiefs to two touchdowns, you, you did your job. That's you played great. a perfect game. And then the off enter the offense, and uh, it's just the same story know. that it's been for several seasons in a row now with Denver is our offense, and we just can't score points. Well, and and I saw something that Noah Fant said today. You know, we have such 
the offensive weapons that we just and he goes, it's time to put up or shut up. I mean, we say yeah. we have all these great weapons. I'm seeing that headline right now. We actually. just, you know, we need. It's time for us to execute. And if they can't start to execute, then you know, all this offensive weapons that they brought in are going to be more duds in in the John Elway era. And yep. you know, as a Broncos fan, yeah, it's it's impossible to fire an icon like Elway, but. I'm not paying Elway to sit there and make decisions for a losing football team. Well, I'm not paying him, but if I was an owner, I'm not paying an icon to sit here and make bad decisions when my team's not winning. And just repeatedly, too. I mean, he's been in this position for how many years now? And I think since 2010 or, or earlier, maybe? Yeah. Because he, I think he, he hired McDaniels. Okay. I think it was like one of his first hires. And then, I mean, really with the exception of, obviously, the golden nugget was the Peyton Manning acquisition in free agency, right. which then for, we went to two Super Bowls in four years. We won a Super Bowl. We had the Things best were, offense. Yeah, we had the best offense one year. We had, we had the, the best, best defense another year. That was golden years for, you know, the past two decades for the Broncos. And after that, after Peyton Manning retired, it's just been a return to form for the Broncos and just a lot of really average to below average play and and average and to mean, below average records each year and i know just, we're young it's frustrating i know we're young but and, and i know this is kind of a different year with covid and, and we have a new offensive coordinator yet again yet again that yeah. we didn't have the opportunity to work with you it's know? like what five different it's like five and five years in five years and it's just same like starting quarterbacks God. so you know that doesn't help us but at the same time you're a professional this is literally your job you you eat, breathe, and sleep football. You know, this is you make millions to do this for 17 weeks out of the year. You know, obviously you have to do it a lot more, but 17 weeks needs your absolute most focus. You should be able to learn and get into stride at least, you know, what we're there's six the Broncos are six games in the season. They should be getting ready to click and, yeah. and, and things should be moving. I don't care about injuries, inexperience, you know. It's time to start showing, like you know, like Fant said, it's time to put up or shut up. And uh, I'm just, yeah, it just sucks as a Broncos fan just repeatedly seeing us at the bottom of the AFC West standings. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, obviously the Chiefs have been world beaters the last several seasons since they got rid of Alex. Even when they had Alex Smith, they were still a powerhouse. Yeah, they were they were good. Um, but with the Raiders and the Chargers, I mean, to me, we should be ahead of them every year in the AFC West. And we're just repeatedly underperforming. And it's gone on for at least and, the last three seasons, if not And it's more. crazy that we sit here. It's Our offense is repeatedly every, underperforming. Every single season. Our defense, every year we seem to have a great defense. Yeah, the it's defense like, is always fine. They're very know, stout every year. And then, Which is really the only thing that keeps us in games. Right, the but defense. then you have a bad offense, which makes your defense look bad because the defense right. is always on the field. Right. Because the offense puts them in really bad spots and doesn't put up points and takes, you know. Mm-hmm. So... A lot of our defensive issues, some some of these years and games have come from bad offense, and I'm praying we figure it out. You know, we're only two and four; we're not out of it yet. It's I still not, I still think we could finish. Not a total loss. But. I still think we could finish eight and eight or nine and seven and, and squeak in as a wild card in the playoffs. Um, I know that's aiming high, but I, I think it's a realistic possibility. Looking at our schedule, we play the Chiefs again, and I don't think we're going to win. But you know, looking at our schedule, it's tough. But if we play like we did in New England and our defense played against the Chiefs, we could beat anybody in the league. Although that New England game was one where all we did was kick field goals. You know? Right. We, like, we're going to have to sure up our offense I'd, to score I'd, touchdowns. I would really like to see but, us get in the end zone a couple times. But the that way the offense moved better. the ball, I guess, is what yeah, I'm saying. Okay, we we yeah. moved the ball efficiently. We just then decided to stop when we were in McManus's <laughs> range. We're like, yeah. eh, well, he, he can make this. We're Which, just going to stop. I'm actually not complaining because that week I benefited from a, what, a 43-point like Brandon, Brandon McManus fantasy performance. Just ridiculous. So. <laughs> But uh, so yeah, that was the Broncos Chiefs game. Um, the Lions Falcons played. Uh, the Lions won twenty three twenty two. Moved to three and three over the one and six Falcons. Yeah, so another one point win there because the um, Eagles Giants was the same thing. Yeah, well, and Todd Gurley he he tried not to score the touchdown because so they could run the clock out and kick <laughs> I, the winning I field saw goal. That little and clip then of that. he had he too much forward scored. momentum going, yeah. and it carried the ball to where it crossed the plane, and he accidentally scored. I'm not blaming Todd, you know, Todd Gurley for losing them that game. You scored the touchdown. Your defense should be able to try and hold them. Yeah, and they gave up an 11-yard touchdown as time expired. So, 
Falcons to fall to one six. To that, yeah, TJ Hawkinson. Um, TJ Hawkinson guy, yeah. So the the Lions moved to three and three. Falcons to one and six. Uh, the Browns Bengals was actually a phenomenal game. 37-34, Browns uh, beat the Bengals. And again, we can't go back and, and you know change the outcome of games, obviously. But if you go back and watch the last play of the game where they scored the touchdown, there was a massive hold by the left tackle. Really? Had he not held him, I think I can't guarantee you can't guarantee anything, but I'm pretty sure Baker Mayfield would have been sacked. You have to go back and just watch it. Okay. It was I didn't a, see any of this game. It was a blatant hold that would have probably ended the game in, in Cincinnati's favor. Joe Burrow's, you know, he's he's going to be a football player. He's going to be the real deal, I think. He's got yeah. people around him. They need to get some more help on defense for him and shore up that offensive line a little bit. And and I think Cincinnati could be a good team in, in the future. You know, they've got a quarterback that looks like he was, he was the true, you know, real deal and not these – these duds they're getting, and uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch his career. So you know, he the Browns. Went, he went thirty-five of forty-seven, four hundred and six yards, three touchdowns, and one interception in that game. And Baker Mayfield had a. It, I, I saw a lot of people saying like he was proving the doubters wrong and all that kind of stuff. Okay, it's one game, so we'll see what he does repeatedly throughout the season against Cincinnati too. Right. So take it easy, guys. But he went 22 of 28, 297 yards, and five touchdowns to go along with one interception. So a huge game from Baker Mayfield. But I will like say, I said, I'm not, I'm not buying more Baker Mayfield stock just after one game. No, That's all but I, I, I will say in that he did start the game 0 of 5 with an interception, and he went on an 18 completion streak. Then again, I didn't watch any of the games, so I don't know like if these were a lot of tough completions or right, if they were pretty, right. you know, pretty easy passes. But yeah. 18 straight completions in the NFL is pretty good. That's good. But why does it take to the last play of the game when you have all this talent to to beat a one four and one team at that time? So they the Browns improved to five and two. Five so. and two. Bengals moved to one five and one. Um, and then there was a battle of the final two undefeateds in the AFC, uh, yeah. the Steelers and the Titans. Steelers came on top 27-24. <clears throat> Steven Goskowski continuing his terrible performance inside of 50 yards. He missed, a, I think it was a 46-yarder with about 14 seconds left uh, to tie the game, which would have forced overtime. And um, So the Steelers, I, I want to say it was halftime, and it was 24-7, to I think. The Steelers right, were up 24 on the 24-7, yep. At halftime. And then I – so I had watched – I wasn't – watching every play but i was paying attention for the most part for the whole first half and then at halftime i think i went to the grocery store or something and didn't watch and then i come back later and see the score and i'm like 27 to 24 damn so the titans came storming back and tried to win that yeah. game because well, the steelers had a huge lead at halftime and i mean both teams you could argue that the steelers have one of if not the best defenses in the league this year mm-hmm. uh the titans have a good defense and they have a good offense they have yeah. you know ryan Tannehill's a great quarterback Tannehill's been having a really aj good year. brown is a good receiver you have derrick henry who no one okay. needs to talk about Guy's the guy <clears throat> and um yeah so i mean it was a good game and um you know, the Steelers are the the lone undefeated team now, mm-hmm. actually in the NFL. So six and zero start for the Steelers. Six and zero, five and one for the Titans. So maybe, you know, what would be kind of cool is seeing Ben Roethlisberger make another late career run at a Super Bowl. That'd be kind of cool because I think he won two real early in his career, right? And he's been in the league for uh, like fifteen seasons or something. He played well. Yeah, when was last? They won one. They beat the Broncos in like oh five or oh six, and I think yeah. they won one more after that. So I'm pretty sure he has two, and it was it was within like the first five seasons of him being in the NFL. And then they haven't been back since, I don't think. They were back when we were in high school. I think it was 2010. Because um, I remember what they lost to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, that was that was Aaron Rodgers' soul ring. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It just To me, it would be kind of cool to see Here, I'll pull up Ben Roethlisberger get back to the Super Bowl, you know, and see him play. Because who knows how many more seasons he's going to play. He Right now he looks great. And, I mean, he's, what, 30 – seven or something like that he's kind of mid to upper 30s been in the league for 15 seasons or something um it'd be kind of cool to see him make another run at the super bowl because it's been a long time since we've seen him in the super bowl i have a complaint against wikipedia so they have the nfc teams in green and the afc teams in red which kind of makes it look like all of the nfc teams won you know green means win red means lose and i'm looking at this and i'm like 
the Broncos won the Super Bowl in 98 and 99. And I'm like, oh, but it just shows us in red. They have organized, color coded. So the Steelers uh, beat the Cardinals 27 23 in 2009. Uh, they lost in 2011 to the Packers. And they won. 2006, they beat the Seahawks 21-10. That's what I thought. So he has two. So and he has real two, early. and they've been, and he's been to three. He's been to three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd just yeah. be kind of cool to see him make another run. And I, I've always liked the Steelers. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of uh, Mike Tomlin. I like that guy a lot. He's a good coach. Good coach. Um, they got a good football team, man. So we'll they, see. They they're, could definitely be back. They're uh, undefeated thus far through six games. So yeah. we'll see. Who do they? I'm gonna see who they play next. Real quick, yeah. while on. you look that up, well, I'm going to move on. They to the play next the game. Ravens next. Yeah, so it'll be a tough game. That'll be a good game. Um, you know, moving on to the next, we go to the, to the NFC South. The Panthers and the Saints, 27-24. Saints win. Uh, they won in the fourth quarter. It was 24-24 going into the fourth quarter, and they won with the field goal. So, the Saints aren't this team that everyone kind of built them to be, which is kind of sad. They're they're my favorite NFC team. You know, who dat and uh, they're they're just. I feel like they're not clicking, and I feel like a lot of it has to do that Michael Thomas is out because he's such a big part That's of that offense. Yeah, got to be hurt. That them. with Michael Thomas out and Emmanuel Sanders out, I mean, that off- offense is an Alvin Kamara show, and you can only do so much with one player before the defense is like, we can double this guy and Just not key worry. Just in on one guy, yeah. And uh, but they they came in with the win, so the Panthers fall to three and four, and the Saints move to four and two. Um, that's going to be a tight race down in the, the NFC South with uh, the Buccaneers. But, uh, you know, hopefully Michael Thomas comes back and the Saints can get things going. <coughs> and we got the Bills and the Jets, 18-10. to 10, uh, six, six field goals for, uh, I think it's like Zach Moss. Or, no, not Zach Moss. Uh, I don't know, Zach, some, I don't know, some random kicker. Whoever the Bills kicker. He's got, he got 18 points, and the Jets scored 10. Uh, pretty boring game. That's kind of like that Broncos-Patriots game from two weeks ago. Yeah, but the, this is the the Bills are 5-2, and two and the Jets were 0-7. So yeah, 0-7. That's not that's not a good showing for the Bills. Um, Especially considering the Bills have actually been playing pretty well, and Josh Allen's right. been having a good season. So, yeah, you're right. And then we move to uh, dumpster fire game number two. Yes, we're talking about the NFC East. <laughs> the Cowboys lose to the Washington football team 25-3. to And yeah. uh, Andy Dalton died. So yeah. his soul rests in peace at FedEx so Stadium out the, in Washington. Yeah, the Cowboys, their bad luck streak continues with big injuries because they're Back up, Andy Dalton, who came in for um, Dak Prescott, who shattered his ankle a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Um, now got a massive concussion, and who knows how I long mean, he's out. That so. hit was nasty. It was, bad. It was bad. I, I mean, saw the replay of it, and it was bad. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm glad he got up and walked yeah. off. They said he traveled home with the team, which means he cleared certain protocols that he right. could travel. Yeah, but man, was that a nasty. Yeah, hit. it did not look good. So the Cowboys, you know, for a team who was already struggling with Dak Prescott, you know, throwing for 500 <laughs> yards a game, now losing him and then losing Andy Dalton. I don't know who their quarterback is going to be. Exactly. If he's going to be out this week, which presumably he's going to be out at least one week. Should be out think. this week. Um, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. And they're 2-5, and five, and like we've already covered, that division is just terrible. Which is crazy. And You're 2-5, and five and you want to say our season's a waste, but – so Cowboys are two and five. Washington football teams two and five. Eagles two four and one. Giants one and five or one and six. Yeah, all of them are right there in the division. They're, they're just lucky that the rest of their division mates are also I mean, terrible. That division, I think it was a Barstool Sports thing, and I don't know how true it is anymore. But they said that the winner of that division could literally win the division with four games. God, could you imagine? No, <laughs> they, I think they said it would have to be the Eagles, and they'd have to be four eleven and one. Oh, my God. A division yeah. winner with four wins. Yeah, and I think that would allow other teams to have four wins in the division because they have the tie, which ties in the NFL are stupid. Get rid of it. Go college. They are, absolutely. Go absurd. college football. Yes, 100%. Or, or just get to the point where you have the kicker out there and you're just like, we're just kicking we're field just goals. We're just trading field goals, yeah. And Do just, something. You know, We can't end in a tie. Right. That's absurd. So, uh, it's a dumpster fire game. Nothing to talk about. We'll see what happens in that division moving forward. Uh, then we got the Packers and the Texans. Uh, the Packers moved to five and one with a thirty-five twenty win over the one and six Texans. Honestly, I think what hurt the Texans was the uh, DeAndre Hopkins trade. Yep, 
I mean, I'll say this again. The two most disappointing teams for me this year are the Falcons and the Texans. 100%. Yep. I just did not expect that from either of those two teams to start with, you know, they both only have one win, right? They're both one both and six. One and six. I think you could throw, and we'll touch on them here in a second, I think you could throw the Patriots up there too as a disappointing Oh, team. definitely a disappointing there. start for Whew. the Patriots, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the Packers beat the Texans 35-20. Nothing really interesting about that besides Aaron Rodgers with four touchdowns, two of them yeah. going to the 196 yards on 13 receptions for Devontae Adams. Yeah. Um, yeah, nothing nothing too crazy. Then we had the Bucks and the Raiders. The Bucks moved to 5-2. and two. Pushing the Raiders at three and three with a forty-five twenty win. I think we all saw this coming, but I didn't see. You know, I didn't expect Tom Brady to go for three hundred sixty-nine yards and four TDs. Me either. He had a good game. Um, Mike Evans was pretty much invisible the whole game. I think he had like two or three catches for thirty yards, maybe. That's um, very weird. So when you have three hundred sixty-nine yards and four touchdowns, and your leading receiver Scotty Miller, and you have Chris Godwin, Gronkowski, and Mike Evans. Now you add in Antonio Brown to that mix. I think they said he might play this week or next week. This Bucks offense is – I mean, it, it kind of takes me back to the Broncos offense. We had Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, Julius Thomas, Wes Welker, and I think our running back was Sean Marino. Yeah. That was a stacked offense. Yeah. And this Bucks offense just got – even more stacked than it already those, was. Yeah, if they can get all those pieces rolling and fitting together the right way – that will be pretty scary. It's, it's going to take a solid defensive scheme to be able to stop mm-hmm. all those players. So, you know, it'll be interesting. I'm not a Tom Brady fan. I'm not going to lie to anyone here. I despise the guy. And, you know, so I'm not rooting for the Bucks. but when they play the, the AFC, I got to root for the Bucks because it helps the Broncos out. So, yeah, thanks for the win, but uh, still don't like you, Tom Brady. <laughs> Moving on to a game I did like was the 49ers absolutely smacking the Patriots in Foxborough, 33-6. to Yep. Which they said was the worst loss for the Patriots in Foxborough. I don't know if that was in history or if that was in the Bill Belichick era. I, I'm assuming probably in the Bill Belichick era. So going but back, what, 20 years or more? 33-6, to and Cam Newton got replaced. I think he had three picks. Yeah, Cam Newton just played a really, really bad which, game. Which brings me... To a point, he started off the season really well. He, yeah. he was playing, playing, playing on solid, an MVP yeah. caliber level, and then just kind of out of nowhere, it was just like, bam. Yeah. And you're like, well, what happened? Because he didn't play well against the Broncos last no. week. He did not play well against the 49ers this week. That's, he was that's an understatement. 9 of 15, 98 yards, three interceptions, and got sacked once. <coughs> Sorry, I'm dying over here. And then Jared Stidham came in and went 6 of 10 for 64 yards with one interception and God, got sacked they once. they four picks combined. They had four picks combined with two sacks, and neither of them fumbled, though, so that was good. You know, I wonder bright, what the film side. sessions with Bill Belichick is going to be like for the Patriots this week. We well, did great watch, today, guys. Watching that 49ers film. I'm. This is – it'll be real interesting to see how he coaches this team the rest of the year because they have not – face a start like this in a long 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 time they did uh, two years ago they were like oh and four or something and we're all like yeah 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 and oh then, i think i remember that yeah yeah and then they started clicking and then yeah they had like the easiest schedule in the world because the bills the jets and the dolphins all were like a combined one in 48 right. so we're you know they. Won, i mean if like, there's anyone game. who's going to be able to coach them out of this <laughs> hole it's bill belichick but yeah. Just really quarterback plays got to pick up. I mean, right? It's you, just weird to see from the Patriots, like a yeah. two and four start. You're just not used to seeing that. So it's a good sight, though, as a Broncos fan. Yeah, that's it's true. Very pleasant. So, um, so yeah. And then we move to another AFC showdown: the AFC South versus the AFC West. The Jaguars lost to the LA Chargers, thirty-nine twenty-nine. Uh, Jaguars moved to one and six. Chargers moved to two and four. Justin Herbert is definitely making a case for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, Herbert's um, been playing well. I like him. I think for Rookie of the Year, my two picks right now would be between Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Mm. But I would have to wait to see how both teams fare at the end of the season, and then I would have to kind of look at the schedules based on – if it was relatively close, mm-hmm. I'd probably have to give it to the tougher schedule. Um but again, I don't know both schedules off the top of my head. Um, I've been, I just know both quarterbacks are playing out of their mind for rookies. Yeah, and, I've been and really enjoying watching Herbert play, and the dude slings it. 
Can correct me if I'm wrong. He's only playing because Tyrod Taylor got his lung punctured right before week one's or no week or week two or something game, like that. I yeah, think. by the team doctor. By the team doctor, which is just the craziest series of events I could possibly but imagine. They did draft Herbert sixth overall, so they knew it was one right, of those right. you're going to play him and yeah, you got to see what yeah. you have. And I think they found a gem. I think they did. They did. Which I is crazy because be I I know Elway was high on him because he's a six six quarterback. Elway wants all these tall quarterbacks, yeah. and it's just a shame we had to get Brock Osweiler instead <laughs> of Justin Herbert as our yeah. six six quarterback. But yeah. uh, he's slinging it, and uh, he's definitely making a very very strong case for uh, offensive rookie of the year. It, it is encouraging um, for you know fans of the NFL that we got some really talented up-and-coming quarterbacks. Right, because that are we're be seeing an era yeah. of extremely talented quarterbacks, the Roethlisbergers, yeah. the Manning, you know, after last yeah. year, Brady, Brady Drew, Drew Brees. Brees. Yep. You know, that quarterback era is kind of They're starting dying to off. pass the torch a little bit. And, and yeah. now you're going to, you know, you have the the Wilson, the Rodgers, the Mahomes, Mahomes and the Jackson, Jackson era. Yeah. And yeah. then you kind of have the, the guys, well, I guess Josh Allen you could kind of throw in there. And then you kind of have like Kyler Murray coming up. Yeah. You have Joe Burrow. Now yeah. you have Justin Herbert. So yeah. the league's building these yeah. good quarterbacks all on different teams and different divisions. It's exciting. So it's going to be com- competitive for, for years, which is great yeah. because we all want competitive. Right. Um, no one wants and, to see just And Tua's going to get over. his first start That's right. this upcoming Tua. week. So we'll see what they have in Tua. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it. The NFL's definitely got a, a bright future with uh, all these young offensive stars coming out of college, and uh, we'll hope they all stay healthy and, and can produce. But uh, Yeah, definitely. He's definitely on my radar for uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, and then we moved to the Sunday night game, which was a great game. I really enjoyed watching it. It was the Seahawks-Cardinals. Uh, I actually didn't get to see it. I'm, I'm kind of regretful that I missed this one. So I think Se- I might look up the highlights because yeah. I feel like I missed a good one. Seahawks fall to 5-1, and one, and Carl's moved to 5-2 and two with a 37-34 overtime win. Russell Wilson didn't play terrible, but he had very costly turnovers. Hmm. He threw an interception, I believe, in overtime, which led to the game-winning field goal. Okay. Um, the Cardinals, not a bad team. Kyler Murray's been balling with DeAndre Hopkins. Those two have Russell are starting had to connect. Three interceptions. Yeah, he he did in costly turnovers this wow. game. Um, you know, but the Cardinals are definitely. They're definitely a team to keep an eye on. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to make like a deep run. I don't think they have that experience yet. Especially you have Cliff Kingsbury as your second-year coach, Kyler Murray as a second-year quarterback. But they're showing the potential that that team really has. And if they get one or two more offensive weapons and, and some good defensive help, yikes. Look out, league. That Cardinals team will come in hot. And uh, I mean, it was a great game. I really enjoyed watching it. It was you know, a lot of these Sunday night and Monday night games lately have just been kind of duds, and, and that game was yeah. I'll have to look up some game. highlights of this one because I really feel like I missed a, a pretty epic game. Yeah, no, I, I was phenomenal. I liked it, and uh, you know, I, I don't mind the Cardinals. I don't like the Seahawks really, but I don't really mind the Cardinals. Got nothing against them. They have Larry Fitzgerald, who's one of my all-time Dude, favorite players. Who doesn't love Larry Fitzgerald? He's so, great. Speaking of Fitzgerald, if anyone watched that Sunday night game to tie the game, they were they got the ball back. I think it was like. A minute left around there. They're moving the ball. Larry Fitzgerald would always run whoever had the ball, take it, even if it's his own teammates, take it out of their hands, run it to the, you know, the back judge or the umpire, whoever's got to put the ball down, and hand it to him. He would take it from his own teammates who were laying on the ground, run it to him, go get set so he could spike the ball. <laughs> and every time, yeah. I, Larry Fitzgerald was right there. Because it's a veteran. He, know, he yeah. I mean, he's the most sure-handed receiver in the league. Yeah. I'll put five bucks on it because, you know, I don't have any money. <laughs> but uh, No, I think I read somewhere, to, to go to what you're saying about him being a sure-handed receiver, I think he has more tackles in his career off drops. of interceptions than he has drops. Yeah. <laughs> if, if he drops a pass, either yeah. he wasn't expecting it or he just – yeah, he had a mental. He's gonna go down. Collapse. He's easy Hall of Fame. He's of gonna fame. go down one he's of the best be. receivers ever. But uh, yeah, it was just funny watching him run out there, grab the he's, ball. He's it's just great, a true man. veteran I leader. I love Fitzgerald. He's been there forever. I like that yeah. they didn't ship him out. And, yeah, you know, that's kind of one of those players that you kind of say, "Hey, what do you want to do? If you want to stay here, we'd love to keep you. If right. you want to go somewhere, we want to honor your wish to yeah. you know, chase the Super Bowl or whatever." Yeah. And uh, you know, he's so good in the community and everything that uh, Larry Fitzgerald. 
you know, hats off to you and uh, hopefully you keep playing. I enjoy watching you play. I know you're not, you know, throwing up the huge stats like you were, but it's fun to watch you play and uh, yeah. you, know, you you definitely the are, like great. Zach said, going to go down as one of the best all time in, in, uh, in the NFL. So then last night, the Monday night game, the Rams moved to five and two while dropping the Bears to five and two with a 24-10 uh, win. Nothing too special here besides Nick Foles going for 261 yards and two interceptions while being paid $30 million. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Nick Foles, um, that's so really – it's hard for me to get a read on him. I'm, I'm trying to make up my opinion. There are certain players that it's very easy to make up your opinion of, of, you know, this guy is just not worth the money, he's not good, or this guy is a world beater, he's amazing, they need to give him all the money in the world. And then there's some guys that have moments. It's like the – I was telling you about a couple weeks ago when we were talking about it, Ryan Fitzpatrick it's is just magic hard to get a read on. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick will go from looking like one of the best quarterbacks in the league to looking like the absolute worst quarterback in the league from week Back to week. To looking like the best quarterback. Yeah, you're in like, the I don't understand this. So, and Nick Foles is one of those guys that, you know, what is it, three seasons ago leads the Eagles to a Super Bowl win over the New England Patriots. Which plays is, incredibly well. Which is crazy to think, though, because Carson Wentz that year was having an MVP caliber year. That's until exactly he right. Hurt his knee. That year in the regular season before he hurt his knee was playing balling out. And since then, Carson Wentz has not really been the Carson Wentz of years past, it seems no. like to me. But Nick Foles, you would think, would be a guy coming off of heights such as those would be, you know, top 10 quarterback in the league. And it just doesn't seem like whatever that experiment there in Chicago, it just doesn't seem like it's working. So, so Nick Foles this year, <clears throat> excuse me, has uh, 1,139 passing yards, ranked 26th in the NFL. Six touchdowns, ranked 27th in the NFL. Six interceptions, ranked tied for 22nd in the NFL. And a 50.8 QBR, ranked 27th in the NFL. Yeah, that's not good. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to run through his career real quick. His career started in Philly in 2012. He played seven games, had 1,700 yards, six TDs, five interceptions. 2013, he played 13 games, had almost 2,900 yards, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. Okay, so that's the highlight of his career so great far. Great year there. Yeah. 27, two, and 13 games. Great. 2014, played eight games, had 2,100 yards, 13 TDs, 10 interceptions. Hmm. 2015, St. Louis, played in 11 games, had 2,000 yards, seven TDs, 10 interceptions. 2016, the Chiefs, a backup on their bench. Had played three games, 410 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. 2017, played seven games, 500 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions. 2018, five games with the Eagles again, 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. 2019, made this huge contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Gets hurt week one. We all saw that. Played four games, 700 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. This year in Chicago, he's played five games. He has 1,100 yards, six TDs, six interceptions. Yep, so a lot of mediocrity. And he's making $30 million, Yeah, which is insane to me. I, I know he, he, had, he had one year, 27 to 2. That was his best year in that the NFL. That was 2013, right, you said? That was 2013, yeah. Yeah, so he's got basically in, in a sea of mediocrity, he's got one really outstanding year. And other than that, he's basically an average quarterback. <laughs> and they're paying him like and he's an paying, elite level quarterback. Right. Jacksonville threw the money at him like the Broncos threw money at Case Keenum. He had a one-off season and, you know, everything else went to shit. And, and I think that truly happens. I mean, look, Brock Osweiler did great for the Broncos when Peyton Manning went down. Houston Texans were like, we're going to pay you, I think it was what, like $17 million a year, and the Broncos were like, have fun. Guess what? Osai went down there, and then and didn't do now anything. he's not in the NFL yeah. anymore, I don't yeah. think. So this happens. People overpay on quarterbacks because they have one stellar season. Like I said, Broncos with Case Keenum. We overpay him, and then after one year, we're like, get rid of this guy, mm -hmm. and now he's a backup. You know, it's it's just crazy to, to me to think that Nick Foles is really the answer at quarterback. I'm not saying he's a terrible quarterback, but he's not a $30 million a year quarterback. If he's making $30 million a year, I'll go play running back for $95,000 a year then. <laughs> I mean, shit, if we're going to evaluate ourselves, might as well just have me go play running back. I was kind of looking up since 
uh, they played the Rams on Monday night. I was kind of looking up Jared Goff's history in the NFL and his stats since 2016, and I'd much <sighs> rather have Jared Goff. He definitely puts up some stats. That's for I'd much sure. rather have him. And he's honestly, I feel like people have been kind of down on his stock last couple of years, but he's still pretty solid and better than a Nick Foles. You know, I mean, I'd pick him over Nick Foles any day. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't get the whole thirty million a year. That then again, that's he, not my decision. Right. To, he's to he's make definitely that. being way overpaid. I I don't think there's anyone in this world. If there's someone in this world, and you listen to this podcast. Please send us an email at just some browsing at gmail.com explaining to me why Nick Foles deserves $30 million a year. Yeah, I would love I, to I see I would that love argument. to see your argument. And hell, you know, if you make a good point, we'll uh, video conference call you into the podcast one day and we'll, we'll debate it out. But uh, I know we don't have to worry about that because no one can rightfully argue that he deserves $30 million a year. Yeah. I mean, he's not terrible, but he is not worth $30 million a year. Right. I, mean, I think we can all not, land on that. I'm not saying he, he's terrible. I'm just saying he's not worth $30 million. He's no, no Patrick Mahomes. Right. i got to look this up now because now it's going to bother me. But I'm going to look up the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. All right. While you're doing that, while you're doing some research, I'll preview the Week 8 matchups for the NFL. So it's Tuesday night now. So Thursday night, um, the game this upcoming week is going to be Falcons versus Panthers. On Sunday, we're going to have our Broncos are playing the Chargers, so an AFC West matchup right there. Patriots are playing the Bills. The Titans are playing the Bengals. The Raiders are playing the Browns. The Colts are playing the Lions. The Vikings are playing the Packers. The Jets are playing the Chiefs. Oh, my God, the Jets are going to get destroyed. Uh, the Rams are playing the Dolphins. The Like we said, the Steelers are playing the Ravens. That ought to be a really fun game to watch. The Saints are playing the Bears. The 49ers are playing the Seahawks. And the Sunday night game is Cowboys versus Eagles. And then the Monday night game is Buccaneers versus Giants. So that's your Week 8 matchups coming up in the NFL. Have you found your highest-paid so quarterback? So I found the list, and um, I can't find the... So there's there's something with his contract though because he was I think he was traded or cut where his I think his money's guaranteed through his guaranteed money is guaranteed through Jacksonville still I think for Nick Foles for Nick about? Foles okay. so Nick Foles is on a 12 million salary but we know they valued him at 30 million a year mm-hmm. so that's where we're getting that number from Russell Wilson's the highest paid uh, quarterback guess how much he's making this year. Um, is it making? Or <laughs> is he really the highest paid quarterback in the league after that Mahomes contract? That Mahomes this year, he's making $53 million. Oh, okay. So maybe Mahomes doesn't kick in until next year or something. Mahomes on this list is ranked. Because he's got to be number one. After 24 new... at 10.825 million. So it must not kick in until next year. Right, because he signed year. a 10 year, $500 million yeah. dollar contract. So it should be right about 50 million a year, right? Is what well, he's so there's some things in there. You know, they put clauses to move right. money to, to work around yeah. the, the salary cap. But I think the max hit he'll have, <clears throat> geez, I'm dying tonight, is uh, going to be around 50 to 60 million. On the chief salary cap, good God! For dude. one guy, I'm, I'm not saying he's not worth it. Right, out of but any, a lot of quarterbacks lot to get paid, that's right. a, I mean, that's a lot of money for any team. Yeah, to just fork over for one player. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nick Foles is making a base salary of 12 million, and he's still getting paid from Jacksonville. I'm pretty sure for the guaranteed. Let's see what the Jacksonville. Uh, and how long was he with Jacksonville? Four games. Wow. Yep, that's kind of like the Brock Osweiler going to Houston thing. That's yep. almost exactly what that's like. So the Chicago Bears restructured the contract and Nick Foles, giving the franchise more flexibility with the former Super Bowl MVP. Foles now has three years and $24 million remaining on his contract with $21 million in guaranteed money. Um, so that's why his contract is a little skewed is because they uh, they restructured, they restructured it. And since I don't follow the Bears, I wouldn't ever have thought about that. Yeah. Well, the moral of the story is he's overpaid and he's not that good. Exactly. So, <laughs> but, uh, so 
Do you have any other additional thoughts for any of the games next week or anything that just happened this past week? No, not really. I think I talked about everything I wanted to talk about. I'm hoping my fantasy team keeps rolling. Like I said, I'm in my, I'm in another league, and I think I'm three and four in that league. So, not doing as well in that one. So my eggs are all in this basket. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to Nick Foles real quick, 2019, his contract value with the Jaguars was 30.5 million. So there that's where go. we're getting this number from. Go. Is they valued him as a 30 million dollar quarterback. Was that all just coming off of the Super Bowl win with the Eagles? Is that all they were going off of? Basically going, oh my God, look so, how great this guy so is. So this is his earnings through his NFL. With the Eagles in 2012, he made 933000 With the Eagles in 2013, he made 520000 With the Eagles in 2014, he made 635000 With the Rams in 2015, he made $6 million. With the Rams in 2016, he made $6 million. With the Chiefs in 2016, he made $1.75 million. With the Eagles in 2017, he made $4 million. With the Eagles in 2018, he made $12 million. With the Jaguars in 2019, he made $30.5 million. And then with the Bears in 2020, he's making $12 million on a restructured contract from the $30.5 million contract he signed with the Jaguars. On a team on which he's not on anymore. Correct. <laughs> and played a total of four games for him. Correct. So, yeah. Wow. End of rant on Nick Foles. We'll see how he does this week. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm done. Back right, on the well, winning streak, so uh, yeah, I good think, for you. You won three games in a row. That's, that's yeah, pretty good. Hopefully, going for four. But uh, I think Thursday we're going to be back at it again. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be one for all of you moviegoers out there and and spooky Halloween people. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to be talking about uh, Halloween movies and uh, fucking whether great. it's a Halloween movie, I guess I should say, or a scary movie. You know, they yeah. all kind of fall into the same. Yeah. We're, Halloween season themes. Yeah, so. we, we landed on Halloween as the category and not horror because there are some great Halloween movies out there that are not horror movies. Right, that are family-friendly. Um, right, like that are pokies. Yeah, family-friendly family friendly movies. Yeah, so I will be talking about mainly horror movies, but Matt will probably be talking I about more of the family-friendly will be talking about movies, the family-friendly non-horror which movies. Which is totally fine. I like those movies too. I just... Um, every October for this is going on like the third year in a row now. Taya and I have made it a point to all month long in October just watch a lot of horror stuff. I saw you guys watch it mm-hmm. this weekend. That's that has become, and I, I will talk about this on our podcast Thursday. That has become one of, if not my favorite horror movies ever. Is the 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 new remake of it that came out in 2017. I love it. It's, and I will it's never and it's terrifying and it's it. a great story. And anyway. bro, actually, I got to show you this. We can do. I'll show it to you later. Okay. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna bring you that episode on uh, Thursday. Yeah, you so guys. You guys get a two movie, for one this week. Too. Movie buffs, get yeah. ready. We're coming back to the movie industry, yeah, which is my favorite thing to talk about, which is movies. And so uh, I love horror movies. Well, I love horror movies during October. I, I wouldn't classify myself as a horror movie. Christmas fan. Eve, you're watching a it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, there's a lot of people out there who are movie fans that watch almost exclusively nothing but horror movies. And Psychos. to those people, I commend them. Serial I killers. I like to really try and pick out the movies that I think are good movies that happen to be horror movies. So that kind of limits you in the horror genre because a lot of them are horror movies that are just not very good. Like jump you know what scare. I mean? So yeah. So. I don't see that many per year, so I won't have a long list to talk about, but I have um, probably, I don't know, five to ten favorites that we kind of like to cycle through, and I'm seeing more all the time, and I'm going to talk about a couple of TV shows, too, that are horror that I've been really obsessed with the last couple of years. So, yeah, back to talking about what my favorite thing is in the world to talk about, which is movies. So, So yeah, that episode will be dropping uh, Thursday. Mm Again, from both Zach and I, we want to thank you for your support, for listening, downloading, you know, whatever platform you're on. We appreciate all your love and support. If you guys want to give us a review, rate us, tell us what you want us to talk about next. Um, You know, we're on Facebook, we're on Podbean, Amazon, Google, you know, Spotify, Spotify, we're everywhere. So, uh, you know, feel free to reach out to us with uh, anything you want us to talk about and, uh, we look forward to sending you two episodes this week. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be back at it. Took a little yeah. mini vacation this week, and it's been right out of week since we did our last episode. So yeah, I'm happy to crank out a couple of them this week. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, everyone have a blessed day. Yeah, thanks everybody.